is your name, Jesus. You deserve the praise. Praise the Lord. Oh, my soul and all that is within me. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Father, Lord, before we start, I want to pray. Father God, I pray that you would bless this day, bless this word, bless your people. Lord God, I pray that you would bring healing in this place, in this house, and healing to our bodies, to each one here, that you would just give us your peace that surpasses all understanding, and that your favor would rest upon us wherever we go, and that your light would shine through us. And I pray this, and I pray over your word today, that you would bless it, that you would open up our hearts, our eyes, our ears, to hear, see, and um, just... Receive all that you have for us today in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Gracie, come on down. It's time to take up an offering. Amen. So, Father, we just thank you, Lord, and praise you for what you're bringing into this house. We pray that you would bless it, that you would bless the work of our hands, that you would prosper us mightily in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> all right. Amen. God is good. All the time. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Amen. Where's my shofar blower? Ephraim. You want to blow the shofar? We just celebrated in September, near the end of September. We didn't celebrate it, but the Jewish people that Israel did. The blowing of the trumpet. Rosh Hashanah. Amen? And we are going to be, I believe it's the 10th or the 11th or the 11th and 12th, they're going to be celebrating Sukkoth. So Rosh Hashanah is the beginning of 10 days of repentance. Blowing of the trumpet. It gives the people of Israel, 10 days to repent of all their sins that they committed that year, to give them to God and remember, say, hey, we're giving you all of this. So it was an amazing thing that took place over there in Israel this year. Thousands and thousands of people, when they blew the trumpets in, in September, I think it was the 26th and 27th, then it goes 10 days of repentance, which brings you to October 5th. But thousands and thousands of people went through repentance as they blew the trumpet in Israel. And I thought that was a, just another sign to me of the Lord's coming, of the Lord's return. Amen. So Ephraim, can you blow that shofar for us? Get a lip, your, lip your, uh, wet your lips. There you go. You can do it. Amen. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Amen. Praise you, Lord. Let your trumpet blow in Zion. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you, Ephraim. It says in Joel chapter 2, if you have your Bibles, Open, you can open up to Joel chapter 2. It says, blow the trumpet in Zion, sound the alarm on my holy hill. 
Let all who live in the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is close at hand. A day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and blackness, like dawn spreading across the mountains, a large and mighty army comes, such as never was in ancient times, and nor ever will be in ages to come. Before them fire devours, behind them flame blazes. Before them the land is like the Garden of Eden, behind them like a desert waste. Nothing escapes them. They have the appearance of horses. They gallop along like cavalry. With a noise like that of chariots, they leap over the mountaintops like a crackling fire consuming stubble, like a mighty army drawing up for battle. At the sight of them, nations are in anguish. Every face turns pale. Amen? Pretty scary. The title of my sermon is called The Day of the Lord. The coming of the Lord is getting closer and closer. than it's ever been. I want to just go over with you some of the current events that have been going on lately in our nation and what's been culminating lately as we get closer and closer to the day of Jesus' return. America, one of the headlines this week was America is buying anti-radiation pills to prevent a nuclear emergency as Putin threatens to use nuclear weapons. Biden spends $290 million. Some say it costs three times that amount for these anti-radiation pills. That's one thing. When I read Joel and I hear the sounds of a fire devours before them in a blaze and a flame blazes before them and a desert is left behind them. It makes me think of nuclear war. What is nuclear war? It's a fire like nothing we have ever seen or experienced. And it's like wasteland behind it afterwards this I tell you this because this is what the world is coming to and that's what we need to be prepared for as Christians we don't need to be afraid as that song we are singing today peace be still that's what we need to be we need to have the peace that surpasses all understanding and we need to be still in our faith and steadfast in our faith in Jesus Christ Amen. We don't need to be afraid, right? We don't need to be afraid of the, of the arrows that fly by night or the pestilence all around us. We don't need to be afraid because God is with us. He is for us, and he is not against us. But we need to be prepared. 
Another headline was that the U.S. has gone over to Saudi Arabia princes there and trying to talk to OPEC nations into producing more oil. Well, that backfired on us because what they decided to do was cut more oil by 2 million barrels a day, which will spike the prices of gasoline and oil in our country and around the world. OPEC announces the biggest cut to oil production since the start of the pandemic. And this administration now goes to Venezuela begging for their oil. Instead of lifting the regulations on our own oil production, Forbes said this, leading up to the COVID pandemic, U.S. oil hit an all-time high more than 13 million barrels per day. That's a lot. We were one of the leading exports. Oil was one of the leading exports in our nation at that time, before the pandemic. And then it dropped to 9.7 million barrels per day and has slightly recovered to 11.6 million barrels per day. But this new administration, well, it's not new administration, we've been into it now for two years, actually declared war on the oil industry since his inauguration as President of the United States. It says that this administration was a hostile administration toward the oil industry on his inauguration supporting the banning of new drilling and most of the permits that are, that are on there, they've actually said they've stockpiled 9,000 permits, these oil companies. But the problem is most of these permits are on federal land, which they've banned all drilling on. So these guys, these oil companies' hands are tied until this administration lifts the ban on drilling on federal land. And you can't just all say it's because of the COVID, I guess you can because, you know, it's a, it was a pandemic, they call it. But also because of the pandemic, the oil companies have lost multitudes of workers and they're shorthanded, just like everybody else that we talk to in business is hurting for employees that need workers, but they can't find them. But because they're being short, the recovery's been slower And the, and the regulations and the pushing of this new Green Deal has really led to an attack, basically, on our oil industry in America. And I believe all of this is planned. All of this has been planned for the globalist agenda and the rise of the Antichrist. And you can read it in your word. The Antichrist spirit is alive and well, and he's at work today in all of our lives, in many aspects, affecting us. Not to mention that the push of Marxism in our country, which has distorted a lot of our younger generation, has deceived them, and to believe that there's this, some utopia out there 
that the government's going to take care of you and pay for everything you need. And the craziest thing is that if you ask any of, if you ask people what what is Marxism or what is socialism, most of them cannot tell you what it actually is. I'm actually reading a book on the rise of Marxism in America by Rick Joyner right now, which is actually a great book. But let me tell you, it's an attack on the blue collar and white collar workers in America. We will be in bondage. We are kind of like in bondage right now as we have to pay taxes after taxes after taxes every year and those taxes raise. Whereas inflation raises and everything else raises. I kind of think of it like as we are all a bunch of worker bees. <laughs> and they're collecting the honey. Basically. But if you think it's bad in America... It's even worse in these socialist countries. <clears throat> I've always asked myself, if America is so bad, then why are all these people fleeing their countries to come here? Why? It makes no sense what they say. It makes no sense. If a Marxism is so great and socialism is so great, then why, are, then why do people want to leave communist China or communist Russia? Why are people wanting to get out of North Korea? Why are people leaving places where there is communism and socialism to come here to a free country, to a republic on which we stand, amen, that's being attacked, our constitution's being attacked, on a daily, <clears throat> it's a daily battle. Socialist class is that everybody is created equal. I put it this way. If your daddy was a truck driver, then you're going to be a truck driver, and your kids are going to be a truck driver, and you're going to get a certain amount of wage for driving that truck, and it's not going to be greater, it's not going to be less, it's going to be the same. You're going to be rationed on what you can have and cannot have. Unless you are one of the small percentage of elites leading the country, because socialism is led by a dictatorship, not by a republic. Marxism is that this is the definition of Marxism. There is no social class. And it wants to replace having private ownership with corporate ownership, meaning you own nothing. What you own is mine. <laughs> and what I own is yours. And what we own together does not belong to us, it belongs to the government. It's government issued. You don't get to keep it. No matter how hard you work for it, or if you work harder than somebody else. <clears throat> that is the definition of Marxism. It also takes the state's power and it gives it to a dictatorship. We've seen a big push in this in our schools, in our colleges. Throughout the years, this has been going on for a while. 
And not only that, but we have been under attack. Traditional, traditional American Christianity has been under attack for so long, and it's been in a losing battle of control. We've lost school and prayer. There's now same-sex marriage. We're labeled as hate speech or haters. Our colleges don't deserve to be accredited. They're under attack. They want to disaccredit our colleges. If you go to a Christian college, Christians have been suppressed, fired, court-martialed, placed on leave, persecuted, all because of their faith. Jailed. This has been going on. There have been major attacks on the Bible. That it's really not God's word. That it's been changed over time. They're also trying to change scripture. And blend scripture. Religious syncretism is the belief, is the blending of two or more religious beliefs into a whole new system. And that is what they're trying to do. And that is why, when I see those bumper stickers out there that say coexist, it just drives me crazy because we cannot coexist with any other belief than what God has in His Word. Amen? Amen. We cannot compromise our faith. We cannot substitute the Bible. We cannot substitute God's Word. And there is a stern, a very stern, word that God gives us in Revelation chapter 22, verses 17 and 18. It says this about God's Word. Actually, it's 18 and 19. Revelation chapter 22, verses 18 and 19, it says this, I warn everyone who hears the words of this prophecy, of this scroll, if anyone adds anything to them, God will add to that person the plagues described in this scroll. And if anyone takes words away from this scroll or prophecy, God will take away from that person and share in the, that person any share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this scroll. We cannot take away or we cannot add to God's word at all. There's a, there's a stern rebuke about that in the Bible. God gives us that rebuke. All this to say that things are not going so good right now for us. We are literally living in the time of Matthew chapter 24, where Jesus tells us that we are wrestling not against just our flesh and blood, but powers and authorities and rulers in high places. Matthew chapter 24, we'll start right from the beginning. Actually, let's, let's start at verse 4. 
When Jesus answered them, he said, Watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. We are being deceived. Many Christians are being deceived out there. They're being led astray. I hear of things that are happening that are even with pastors out there that are deceiving so many people and that they're living deceptive lives. It's scary. Watch out that you're not deceived. Many will come in the name claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Peace be still. As, I, as we sing that song, peace be still. I think of all these things that are going on right now. And, the, and one of the greatest deceptions that's taken place is that the enemy wants us to live in a state of chaos. And he wants us concerned and worried about everything that's going on. That we get our eyes off of Jesus and we get our eyes on the chaos. Amen? And we need, to, we need to be still. We need to have the peace of Christ over us. We need to be aware of what's going on in our world. That's why I'm going over all these events with you. Everything that's going on is leading up to Jesus' return. These are, to me, these are the birth pains of Christ's returns. This is the world going upside down. Turning inside out. We're having wars, rumors of wars. They're threatening nuclear war that can, Russia can wipe off every continent on the face of the earth. They have that much nuclear stockpile. They have submarines that are missing, nuclear submarines that they cannot account for, we cannot find. And our border waters are only 12 miles off the coast. Think about that. Only 12 miles off our coast, then you're in international waters. How fast do you think a nuclear missile can be launched 12 miles out from a submarine and hit America? We wouldn't have much time. Seconds. Those things move at two-point Mach... What is it? Two-point... The speed of Mach 2? <laughs> How could I say that? But they're rockets. Rockets are fast. If you don't know how fast they are, ask Ephraim. He's a pro at building them. He shows me all these rockets he builds and puts together on his laptop and his iPad. He knows how fast they go. But these are the things that we need to be aware of. But these are the things that we that we know, and we know what's going to happen. We know that the Word of God says that there will be wars and rumors of wars. But we shouldn't be alarmed. Such things must happen, the Bible says. But the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, earthquakes in various places. Listen to me, they're talking about great famines right now. They're talking about food shortages. We're talking about oil shortages. They're talking about these things right now that's in the Bible. 
They've been talking about them. We need to open our eyes to the warnings that God is telling us. The Bible says all these things are the beginning of the birth pains. And then you'll be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. That's happening right now. There is a separation in America that's growing greater and greater and greater. Our nation is more divided now than what it's been since the Civil War. There's a huge rift and a division in our nation. And I'm going to tell you, even with these upcoming elections, you're going to have people that are going to be, you know, even if they go God's way, the right way, <laughs> hopefully not the left's way, they're going to be an uproar. Either way, our job is to pray. God bless you. Our job is to pray because prayer moves the hand of God. Amen. That's our job. We need to pray. That's what we've been called to do as warriors in God's kingdom. As light bearers, we need to be bringing peace. We need to be aware of what's going on and we need to be able to give an explanation. So yeah, this is what's happening. The Bible has told us about this. But we're not to be afraid about this because God is for us. He'll never fail us or, or forsake us. He'll never leave us. He'll be with us right to the very end. And Paul says, if I leave this body, then I'm in the, the great because I'm in the presence of God. Amen? I believe that God is going to have a handful of people that he is going to pick. You know, it's so funny. It's so funny, but I really do believe, you know, before the coming of Christ, there's going to be, there's people preaching it already right now. There, people are preaching repentance. We need to repent. Repentance is huge. Get right with God. Turn to God. If you're in sin, repent from sin and turn to God. Get yourself right with God. Amen? That's the most important thing we can do in our lives. Is bring the truth, get right with God, live for Him. And not ourselves, because I really believe that God is going to have those forerunners going out preaching repentance. Repentance, Jesus preached repentance. John was the forerunner of Jesus. John preached repentance. Jesus preached repentance. Repent before the Repent because the kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God is even near. That's even a greater, a greater a push for us to repent and get right with God. Because we're seeing all these things happen in our, in our life. At that time, many will turn away from the faith. And I believe that's happening right now in the word, in the church. There are many that have turned away from the faith. Many have stopped meeting together and gathering together. Many have left the faith. I believe what's happening is that the church is being separated. That we're in a period of separation. That we will see a definite separation of God's people from the world. We need to pray. 
We need to pray as we see evil rise more and more and more in our country. We need to be praying more and more and more for our country. We need to pray against the spirit of chaos. We need to pray against these spirits in high places. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. Right? It's in Ephesians chapter 6. I like this new tablet thing I got here. It goes pretty good. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Right? Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. But against the rulers against the authorities and against the powers of dark, of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Our battle is not against one another. Our battle is against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. It's not against flesh and blood, against rulers, and authorities. We need to be praying over these elections, over our rulers, over those people who are in authority over us, that God will change them, that He would change their hearts, or He would get them out, and He would put godly men and women in their place. We need to be praying for our rulers. We need to be praying for this upcoming election in November. Amen? Amen? We need to be praying over the spirits that are in authority, over lands, over places, and we need to be taking ground. God gave us the victory through Jesus Christ, His Son. His blood was, was, has purchased our lives, our souls, our spirits. He bought us with a precious price, His own Son. We have the victory. We need to walk in it and live in it. Amen? We have to pray for this election cycle like never before. We need to be praying for Israel because they're being surrounded by enemies left and right. You know, the Bible commands us, pray for the peace of Israel. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. That's God's that's God's apple of God's eye is Jerusalem. We need to pray for that peace. Amen? We are warriors, church. We are warriors. We are prayer warriors. Our battle is not with, our, with weapons by this world. We wage war in a different war. And our war we wage is through, is through uh, repentance. It's through prayer. It's through preaching God's word. It's through being a light, being an example. That's how we wage war. We wage a war against our enemy that he cannot stand because the gates of hell can't prevail against the church, and we're all the church. We need to wage a good war. You know, Paul was telling Timothy, wage a good war. Fight a good fight. Don't give up. Don't surrender to the temptations of the devil. 
Don't listen to the rulers and authorities in high places that are of evil. And you know they're of evil by their deeds. Not by what they say, but what they do. A lot of politicians promise great things, but they do the totally opposite of what they say. Being led by evil. It says back in chapter 2 of, of Joel, <clears throat> we'll go down near the end of the chapter. says, the day of the Lord, and afterwards I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. Listen, this is what we got to look forward to in these end days. Start looking. If God's giving you dreams, men, we need to write them down. And you young men, if God gives you a vision, write them down. Record them. Remember them. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit on those days. I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. But everyone and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there will be deliverance. As the Lord has said, even among the survivors whom the Lord calls. Even among the survivors whom the Lord calls. We are going to go through some terrible times. This world, we think we've, we're seeing tribulation now with high gas prices, food shortages, and everything else that's going on with this pandemic and all this other stuff. That the devil's trying to scheme up. There is nothing that is going to compare to what God is going to do when he shakes this heavens and he shakes this earth and he shakes the devil right out of here. Amen. Amen. But all those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved and they will be delivered. That's a promise to God that we got to stand on. We cannot be afraid. We need to have peace. And sometimes we just need to be still. Amen? We just got to have peace in our hearts. And we need to be still. There's going to be things that probably we see that will take our breath away. It says men's hearts will fail for the fear that they see of coming in the skies. Think about it. If you think about that, men's hearts will fail as fear of what's coming. We have no clue on what's coming. God does. But we don't need to worry because he is for us. He'll never fail us. And he'll never, for, he's never failed me yet. He's not going to fail me ever. As long as I hold on to Christ, as long as I hold on to Jesus, as long as I'm with Jesus, he's never going to fail us. Amen? So, Father, I just pray, Lord God, right now for this service that lord whatever that was of me or the flesh that you would just 
get rid of it, and Lord God, and whatever that you wanted your people to hear, that we would receive it, Lord God. I pray that your word would come alive to our, in our hearts, that we would be set on fire for you, that we would be ablaze, Lord God, for you and for your kingdom. And Lord God, that we would be prepared, no matter what happens, that we would have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, that we would have the love of God in us, that we would show that love to others, and Lord God, and that we would be gracious, just as you're gracious to us. Help us, Lord God. Help us to come into full repentance so that our lives are right with you, 100%. That there would be nothing that would keep us from the kingdom of heaven. That we would keep nothing on this earth, Lord God. Nothing on this earth is worth the kingdom of heaven, Lord God. Nothing. Nothing is worth more than your presence, Lord Jesus. And I pray that, Lord God, over your people today, I pray that you would bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.